Welcome back to this week's episode of Famstead's Take on Gatsby. Today we are going to be discussing social mobility versus social determinism by considering how the systematic neglect of those without power during the 1920s helps us recognize the necessary role of crime and old money in maintaining and gaining wealth and status in the Great Gatsby. So to start our discussion, um, I'd like to just bring attention to the pseudoscientific belief of social Darwinism, uh, which was really commonly held during the time of the Great Gatsby. Um, And it claims that some people are just cut out to succeed, while others aren't fit to progress in society. So while social Darwinism may seem to align with the idea of social mobility, since it argues that some people are able to move up in the world, it's actually more tied to social determinism, because social Darwinism is entirely built around the idea that some people are inherently better than others. And if you're not among those better people, then there's no hope that you'll ever succeed. So these ideas were reflected really clearly um, in the perspectives of Andrew Mellon, who was the Secretary of Treasury throughout much of the 20s and the beginning of the 30s. Mellon himself was rich from old money, but also was a very successful businessman. Um, And he claimed that the Great Depression was actually a good opportunity for, quote, enterprising people to pick up from the wrecks of less competent people. But in reality, those, quote, enterprising people were primarily people from old money backgrounds who already had an advantage. Yeah, someone I think in The Great Gatsby who really has similar views to Andrew Mellon is Tom Buchanan. He holds these very discriminatory and divided views, like how he believes that white people are truly the superior race and how he looks down upon people of color and thinks they're dangerous. Um, The way he looks down upon people of color is kind of similar to the way he views working class people as well, and how that power dynamic is just very unbalanced. I'm kind of talking about Tom Buchanan. One example that I'm just remembering now from the book is when he was with Wilson um, and when they were at the auto body shop for the first time with Nick. Um, I think this shows how the upper class didn't really care about their actions and how they affected the people around them. So while Wilson clearly needed the business from Tom to have a stable life and live, Tom just saw him as a pawn in his own game. And the quote to go with this is, when are, when are you going to sell me that car? Wilson asked. Next week. I've got my man working on it. Works pretty, pretty slow, don't he? No, he doesn't, said Tom coldly. And if you feel that way about it, maybe I'd better sell it somewhere else after all. Tom clearly didn't really care about giving his car to Wilson. It just shows that He was there for another reason, Um, and we later learn on that the only reason Tom went to the auto body shop in the first place was to be with um, Wilson's wife, Myrtle. So he was just exploiting Wilson and didn't care about the consequences, displaying the ignorance of the upper class at the time. Yeah, and it's, I mean, when I think about the, the contrast between their two experiences, it's not only in what is currently happening, but it's also in their past. Um, And that, I think, ties in Nick, who seems to lead a pretty normal life um, compared to some of the other characters. Um, But he actually had a really different upbringing and background from Wilson, as he came from a family of, quote, prominent, well-to-do people. The thing is, the Carraway's wealth and status was based in corruption, as Nick's grandfather's brother, quote, sent a substitute to the Civil War and started a wholesale hardware business that my father carries on today. 
So the primary reason why Nick was able to be sent off to Yale and to have the freedom to move around and generally do what he wanted to was because his great-great-uncle started a business instead of going off to fight in the war, like any less privileged person would have had to do. So basically, the Carraway's money lies in corruption, and that really changes the way that at least I look at Nick and his experience. Yeah, definitely. When you mention how Nick comes from this really well-off family, but how their wealth is truly rooted in corruption, it reminds me of the contrast between him and Gatsby and how Gatsby's money is not just through corruption, but just simply through crime, and how he's running these illegal businesses on the side, and how that's the only way he's able to move up in the world. There's a part in the book where Nick mentions how he's not making very much money through selling stocks in like an honest way, so Gatsby offers that Nick join him in his side business that he's got going. And he says, well, this would interest you. It wouldn't take up much of your time, and you might pick up a nice bit of money. It happens to be a rather confidential sort of thing. I think the reason Gatsby was able to do all of these illegal things was because the um, Securities and Exchange Commission wasn't implemented yet. So the Securities and Exchange Commission was created in 1934 as a part of FDR's New Deal, and it's an agency created to regulate publicly traded corporations. It prevents companies from lying about their positions and protects the people who bought stocks. So the story of The Great Gatsby takes place before this was created, um, and that's why Gatsby was able to do all of these things, because it was a lot easier for companies and individuals to sell stocks that they knew would not succeed, or in Gatsby's case, stocks that didn't even seem to exist at all. So Gatsby was taking people's money and just putting it places that it didn't need to go and really just using their money for things to make himself rich. Yeah, so we can see from this lack of regulation in the government that the government really had no interest in helping those without power. And we can also see from social Darwinism and the culture shown in Gatsby that socially, too, there was such a hierarchy based on wealth and class that it seems nearly impossible to gain wealth and status through entirely legal and acceptable means without already having advantages from old money. So that makes me wonder, what's better? Do the Buchanans of the world deserve to be rich, and what about the Gatsby's? And should the Wilsons be given extra help to become rich, or should they be left behind in the race for the American dream? We'll leave you with that question to consider until next week's episode of Famstead's Take on Gatsby. Until then, goodbye, old sports.